0: Welcome to Where's My Pie, I'm Holly Snap. In this episode, we're going to chat a little bit about pizza, and a little bit more about life lessons I learned in the fly-by-night land of the pizzeria. First, my credentials. I spent years working in the pizza business because my first husband turned out to be one of those psycho stalkers that they make Lifetime movies about. This is relevant because the pizza business is the kind of world where if your psychostalker finds you at this store, you can quit and be working at the Crosstown store by tomorrow. There's less interruption in the cash flow that way. But that transient quality means the business draws the kind of people who live a less rooted existence. I worked with people who were laundering their drug money, people who were dodging child support... People who could only stay sober for short periods of time and then would disappear for days or weeks or until their money ran out. During a late night discussion with one of my managers, who had graduated from seminary school and was a great social networker before any of us had discovered the internet, I came to a realization about the pizza business. A stupid person can't do that job. A stable person won't do it, or not for long. Please don't think I didn't like the people I worked with. I did. I do. I'm still friends with several of them. And it was from them, as we argued and joked our way through the long nights in that tremendous melting pot of neuroses, that I learned this, the first lesson. Lesson number one. Everyone has something to learn. Everyone has something to teach. Yes, everyone. At the store where I first worked, in my Dinkum's hometown, they hired a guy I'd gone to school with. I'll call him Eddie because A, that's not his name, and B, I like the name Eddie. Eddie was diagnosed and heavily medicated as a schizophrenic, but they hired him because, well, I assume because he had a pulse. No one thought it would work out, not even the manager who hired him. But Eddie could drive, and he could make change. He just couldn't find houses, and when he couldn't find the customer's house, he would hide the pizza in the bed of the company delivery truck under a stack of insulated bags and come back to the store. He wouldn't tell anyone he had been unable to make the delivery. He would just bag up another pizza and race off to not deliver it either. "'What were you thinking?' we the other drivers demanded of the boss. "'And more to the point, why don't you fire him?' He's an idiot. And to suspect the truth in that, you only had to watch Eddie mop the floor at night. He would stand in one spot and drag the mop in a circle around his feet. Then he would step out of the circle and fill it in. Then he would mop another circle. And only one of the problems with this method is that the store was square. Another thing that Eddie did that convinced a few holdouts that he could never be taught was he went to a customer's door with a cigarette dangling from his mouth and when the customer complained he turned around and laid the cigarette down on the hood of her car. True it was a pinto I'll bet that lady is still getting free pizzas from the corporate office but the boss wouldn't fire Eddie. When pressed he would only say I can't he needs the money for his medication So one day, the boss decided he would send me out to help Eddie find the addresses for his undelivered pizzas. I was ticked off, too. A good part of a pizza driver's income is tips, and I wasn't going to be making any tips writing shotgun on somebody else's deliveries. But okay, we all have to do things in life that we don't really want to do. So I hopped in the company truck, and my lap piled high with tepid truck bed pies. I prepared to be even more annoyed. We're headed to 421 Madison Street, I said, so go this way. Oh, I always go this way, Eddie said, and before I could say some snotty version of, yeah, but you don't know what you're doing, and that's why I have to babysit you, I realized we could go his way as easily as mine. And not only that, it made sense. He still couldn't find the house, in spite of the perfectly obvious house number on its mailbox, but when we headed to the second address, He again knew a slick and efficient way to get there. If there had been such a thing as GPS back then, I would have thought Eddie had one in his head. It turned out that Eddie couldn't see addresses. His hallucinations made the numbers move and jump around. Eventually, the boss had to regretfully let him go. But he had taught me much about the geographic layout of a town I had lived in my entire life and considered myself an expert on. And he had also taught me that there's no one, no one at all, from whom I can't learn something. And now, let me introduce you to the tip jar. Pizza drivers don't really have a tip jar. They're more likely to have an old sock or a gas station coffee cup rolling around on the floor. But that's okay. These are going to be reverse tips from me to you. And no container will be required. Tip number one and it seems like common sense. When you order a pizza, a pizza is coming. And until the Trekkies bring us a real-life transporter room, someone is going to be bringing that pizza to your house. When he or she arrives, he will knock or ring the bell. If you're hungry, you probably want to hear that knock or that ring. You'd be surprised at how many people order a pizza and then get in the shower. A half hour later, these folks are calling the store wanting to know, where's my food? That is a question they probably don't really want the answer to. That pizza has probably taken a scenic tour of the county, while the driver dropped off pies to houses where the customers actually answered the door. So, after you order, not the ideal time to take a shower. Or walk the dog. Or, for heaven's sakes, don't take a nap. Don't go to sleep. It's also not the best time to get affectionate with the old lady, either. I'm just saying. So reverse tip number one is be ready. When your pie arrives, answer the door. Lesson number two. Sometimes light is better than money. As I said before, tips matter to pizza delivery drivers. Sure, they're making minimum wage, but they're also wearing out their vehicles at a prodigious rate, and that expense isn't covered by their fuel allowance. Under ordinary circumstances, customers who tip consistently won't receive noticeably better service than the ones who don't, until push comes to shove and the driver who's been repeatedly stiffed has to make an executive decision on the fly. And then, yes, the customer who tips is going to eat first. Once I was on my way to a repeat customer's house with a stack of her favorite triple cheese pizzas on the seat when a dog ran in front of me. I slammed on the brakes and that stack went flying. They landed at odd angles all over the floor of my truck. Inspection quickly revealed that those pies were, how shall we say, scrambled. I was almost to her house, though, so I went on, and when I got there, I told her what had happened, I showed her the damage, and I asked to use her phone. In the end, I convinced my boss to send her out new pizzas and let her keep the scrambled ones also, because her kids were hungry, and they could nibble on the scrambled bits. Now, in another town, with another customer, I had made the exchange pizza for money, and was on my way back to the truck down a long and uneven flight of stone steps worthy of any dungeon when she abruptly shut the porch light off plunging me into darkness that's a funny word plunging until you're the one doing the plunging locked in a one-on-one war with gravity which you know you cannot win then there's that ugly snapping sound your ankle makes and the crunch as your head strikes the next from the bottom step So let us skip past the part where I lay on the ground hollering for help and no one came, and where I finally dragged myself back to the truck and made my next delivery before returning to the store and being sent home. Because the point I'm getting to here is that money is nice, but if you really don't have it, if your stove is broken and you just scraped together enough for the pizza, that's okay. Just be polite and considerate. Leave the light on. Watch to make sure the driver makes it safely back to his or her car. Now, there's one more customer. Remember the stalker husband? His divorce lawyer ordered pizza all the time. And someone asked me once, did you ever think about messing with his pizza? And the answer to that question is yes, for about two seconds. I am human, but his children are adorable and his wife is so kind and polite she would never turn the porch light off on you and i would never mess with her pizza tip number two our last reverse tip was to be ready to answer the door while waiting for a pizza to arrive is not the best time to do things like sleep or shower but there are some things it is a good time to do Like, for instance, if your dog is a door dasher, now is a good time to put a leash on him or baby gate him into a handy bedroom. Most delivery people will lack enthusiasm at the thought of participating in a dog rodeo on your front lawn. A lot of us love dogs, but a lot of us have been chomped on once or twice, too. I personally have fang marks on the back of one thigh, but I love dogs, so I like to tell people who ask that I was attacked by a pygmy vampire. But Just to be on the safe side when you're expecting a pizza, put up your dog. Lesson number three, house numbers are important. In a way, this is both a lesson and a reverse tip. And if you ignore everything else I've said today, Please hear this, if your pizza driver can't find you, neither can the ambulance. So please take the time, and sooner is better than later, to go outside and examine the front of your house. If you want to make sure there are no hoses or rakes strewn across your walkways, that would be appreciated, but you can do that later. And if you want to change your porch light bulb, that is also a good idea, but again, later. For right now, walk to the curb, turn around and look at your house. Where is your house number? Can you see it? If you're doing CPR on your toddler, you might not have time to turn on the porch light so the EMTs can find you. They need to find your house number in the dark. Make sure no trees or vines are growing over it and that none of the numbers have fallen behind the garden gnome. Now, if you have curb numbers, those are nice, but they become invisible as soon as it snows or if somebody parks in front of them so house numbers if you need them get them they sell reflective ones for cheap at most big box stores and they may not be pretty but they might save your bacon and i really hope that it's only the bacon on your pizza that needs saving that concludes today's visit with the pizza lady and i'm getting ready to fly out of here before i go thank you for listening and wherever you go drive safely